anointed uh, at Fault for our freedom. Yes, yes amen. This morning, and just lift them up in prayer, their families, and this definitely will recognize this morning. But uh, I'm going to ask Brother Michael if you don't mind me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we bow this morning. Thank you for this day, Father. Thank you for life, and Father, allowing us to come back and be with our family. Pray, Father, that your spirit visit with us this morning. Father, would you touch our lives anew, anoint us afresh. Give us that touch we need from you. Pray you'll be in the psalm service, the Sunday school. Father, you'll be a message you give our pastor that if he needs. Pray you'll be with each one that's sick. Pray you'll be with Bo this morning. And each one that stands in need of prayer. Go with us through this day and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Brother Steve, can I make a quick announcement? Yes. And and then we'll probably need to do it at the preaching hour too. But the lock on the ladies' bathroom don't work. Yeah, it just spins. So anyway, uh, I hadn't, hadn't gone back there now, but uh, I'll, I'll go and check. If you go to the restroom, uh, there's soap and uh, wipes in there. Because uh, we don't have a sink, and should next by next week all that'll be in. But for today, we've got to uh, use just use hand wipes. And if you go to the bathroom, just leave the door open. So if the door's open, it's fine. It's closed. It means it's got somebody in. So that's the only way we can do for today. Is just keep it open. And then if you're in there and it's closed. You know it's occupied. <laughs> so let me check it. Make sure it's open. <laughs> Amen. We thank Vanessa for uh, coming over here. She's been meeting with the guy that's working uh, over here at the church, and we appreciate that. And we've been making some progress. That's a pretty floor that got laid down there. And uh, look forward to when it's all finished up. And uh, it's good to be here this morning. Amen. Good to see each one of you. We came in this morning to wonderful music being played and sang and uh, it's just a good day in the Lord. This Amen. is the day the Lord has made and I want us to rejoice uh, in it today. And it's good to have uh, Dr. David Wilson with us today and uh, he has been over to the uh, Ukraine, the war-torn country, and uh, he's going to bring us some information and some things that he saw and uh, uh, over there. So I uh, want you to give your attention to him as he comes. And well, let's continue to pray for these people over there and pray that this war uh, will come to a cease. And we know that God's big hand, that we can pray, and God's in control of this thing. God can put a stop to this. Yeah, but we as his people need to pray. So Dr. Wilson, if you'll come. Thank you. Uh, is, is it, is it, can you hear me okay? Yes. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I mumble. That I just have one question: Is the men's bathroom okay? We're sharing. Okay, that's good. So uh, it just touched my heart when we. Uh, um, mainly, I'm here this morning because of the contribution that y'all have made to the uh, the effort there we're making in Ukraine. But it touched my heart about uh, the about let, let freedom ring that song from the hymn. And as we know, and as it says in the war memorial, the, the Korean war memorial in Washington, D.C., uh, freedom is not free. And uh, so the people in Ukraine, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, are having to pay a heavy price for to maintain that freedom. And um, the scripture says from in John, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. 
And so that's really what we're seeing over there in, um, in person. The uh, kind of um, way that the Russians are operating is that they will uh, come in, as you probably know, but they'll come in and surround a city and just begin to bomb the city uh, from the air, uh, sometimes from missiles, from submarines, and then the main way from uh, artillery. And so they'll just do this for weeks. And um, finally, and I was just thinking about it in my mind's eye how if, if uh, Oniana was surrounded by artillery and they were just shelling Oniana for weeks and weeks, well, finally the people would do what we would do was ultimately we just have to leave. And so they have. And so these people for refuge are going from the eastern part of Ukraine to the western part of Ukraine. And so that's that's where our sister church is located in the west. And so uh, when, as the people are coming out, this they become kind of a halfway station for them. And so they've fed over and, and actually housed over 5,000 people. And uh, just uh, everybody coming out. Now the number of people that have come out of the country are 6 million, 3 million of which have gone to uh, Poland. So we went and visited in Ukraine, and then uh, then went out to visit with some refugee work in Poland, and then came back home. So um, that's kind of the the story. What what has happened though? From that's from the war side. So we so appreciate that. Just a lot of resources are needed to feed all these people, to house all these people, to clothe all these people, and that. And um, from the spiritual perspective, though. Um, the scripture says that what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it into good. And so um, the um, scripture says that there's, it's talks about eunuchs. And it says there's eunuchs that are born that way. There's eunuchs that have been made that way by man. And then there's those that have become eunuchs for the kingdom of God's sake. And uh, just the Lord speaking that they're poor are the same way. There's some people that are born into poverty. There are some people that have become poor because of what man has done to them. And then there's a third one that's they've been poor for the kingdom of heaven's sake. So we're seeing over in Ukraine, spiritually, we're seeing that second group, the one that they were just doing fine, living in their homes and houses and regular people. And then because of all of this turmoil and bombing and that, they've become poor. But the good part of that is the scripture says also the first words that the Lord preached was blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so their, their new poverty has made them real open to the gospel. So uh, we were over there just to share in the, just a plain gospel that uh, Jesus died for sinners and uh, he wants them to receive him, to come and live inside of them. And so we just did an altar call and uh, then the whole room stood up. It was just, just tremendous. And uh, just to see just a tremendous move of God in their hearts. And so they're just desperate to receive the Lord, basically. So we just saw just, just tons of conversions while we were there. Just a wonderful thing. So I, in in the midst of all this, the Lord is moving. And so as uh, Brother uh, Steve was saying, we, ju we need uh, your prayers. You know, that the Lord would continue to work, would continue to protect these people, defend them, and um, yeah, just that they, they just want to be free. The nation does. And so that's what we want to continue to pray. And just again, thank you for your financial support. It's um, like the, uh, we tell a story at camp that uh, there was a boy, there was, a, there was kind of a, some kind of sea inversion or something, and thousands of 
starfish were washed up on the shore. And um, so there's a little boy out there that uh, was picking up starfish and throwing them back into the sea. And uh, a man came by and just, just kind of made fun of him and says, he said, there's thousands of these things. You're not doing any good at all. And so the little boy reached down and picked up another one and threw it into the sea. And he said, it made a difference for that one. So what y'all are doing is made a difference for some. And I just so appreciate it. And uh, two things, I appreciate what y'all are doing. And then that we are your sister church in Oneana. So we're just glad to be a part of what y'all are doing here. So Lord bless y'all. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Steve. I guess it's my turn. Where's everybody? <laughs> uh, anyone have a word this morning? A little off script, but that's okay. Uh, I'd like to say, Brother Michael, that um, I, I appreciate that our church has a world vision to the extent that we've tried to help because um, our commission is the great commission. And that is that we go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so, you know, we're few, our resources are maybe not what some big church is somewhere. Um, but I feel like in what we have tried to do, we have been obedient. And I, I'm blessed by that. Amen. Just so the church will know. Um, Speak up. Okay. <laughs> I try to. Um, the, the Foreign Missions Committee uh, uh, set uh, an amount in between what the, uh, the Foreign Missions Committee did and, and individuals in the church that added to it. We had $3,200. That went to Ukraine. Uh, Dr. Wilson took it in cash and put it in the hands of the pastor there at the church that's helping. So every penny of that money is is helping Ukrainians. Amen. God bless. And I'm reminded of a little boy that had five loaves and two fishes. He gave everything he had. Amen. Anyone else on that? Uh, I guess while everybody's is listening at one time, I'll give an update on Brother Bo. Uh, well, let's see him last night. He's in good spirits. Uh, everything overall is good, but he's got a long road. Uh, forgive me if I mess this up, Marilyn. The blood vessel that takes blood from that part of the brain was totally collapsed by the tumor. So now they were able to remove just about all of the tumor this time, which is good. But now his brain has got to reroute blood vessels around that, and how that forms is how well he gets all his motion back. And now his surgeon was optimistic that it would do that. They've got his blood pressure high to help that happen. Uh, the plan is he can move his fingers, uh, still not real good with his arms. Uh, he, he can lift his foot a little bit. So he, he does have movement everywhere, just not a lot of it, which is to be expected. Uh, the plan is Tuesday he will move from the hospital to a rehab center for 10 days and then go from there. That's the plan at the moment. 
Oh yeah, he's fine talking. He's fine. Yeah, it was funny. Robbie said every time Robbie said every time he took a nap when he woke up, he'd learned a new trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's talking fine now. And he can scratch his nose as long as you hold his arm up. What <laughs> rehab? They have decided whether to use Birmingham or if they went to Huntsville, it'd be much closer for his children. So they haven't decided yet. Did I miss anything? Okay. So overall it's good. If those blood vessels will reform and recover, he should never have a problem with this tumor again. So. Anyone else? That's good to know what to pray for. Yes. Yeah. And that's a vast improvement from what he yeah. was yeah. in recovery Wednesday because he, uh, he couldn't say anything. He could mumble out a word, but you couldn't make out what he was saying. And the doctor would ask him to squeeze his finger and he, he had no movement in his hands and so uh, and then Linda would try to guess at what he was saying and repeat it back to him and she was getting it wrong and it was making him mad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should, we should pray for two things. One for those blood vessels to reform and two for Bo to have patience. Yeah. <laughs> and Linda. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's call, this call me, me not poor last I think it was, call me at home and Talk to me, and I could tell he had, he had to stop and think about what he was saying sometimes. Yeah. But he was a sound much, much, much better. Well, knowing him as long as I have, I would say his speech and thought are probably 90, 95% back. Yeah, just a couple little things. We were there a couple hours. A couple little things I recognized, but yeah, it's fine. Those always were to talk. Yes. Nothing's going to stop that. So now that's covered. Anything else?
it was to a stimulator put in his brain. And they're supposed to cut the, they put a battery pack in, and they're supposed to cut it on a couple weeks and just pray it helps him. It shakes so bad. It's for mainly that, I think, what they're trying to do. Um, and also, man, Doug's classmate, good friend, Keith Nichols, had a massive heart attack. And just pray he recovers from it, uh, fully recovers from it. He had to have open heart surgery the next day. And, uh, but I don't know if church knows too, um, but Dennis Inslee, uh, his sister Kathy, has just got diagnosed with four stage ovarian cancer. And so just pray for that family. Kathy's real, already having to go through treatment. It was so bad already that they're, they're trying treatment, but pray for that family. Michael, I have a prayer for you, so I hope I can get through it. My daughter-in-law has one sister, and uh, her two grandchildren were picked up by their other grandmother and grandfather. This is in Nashville, and uh, they were picked up at school. That was last Monday, and uh, the uh, there was a bad accident. This driver went to sleep and hit him head on. And uh, one little boy didn't make it. He's 11 years old. And the other little boy is nine. And they thought he wasn't going to make it. But they uh, did a lot, several surgeries. I know two surgeries. He said possibly it's going to have to have three. It's going to be several months before he'll be able to even move. His bones were also broken up and had to have surgeries. And, uh, but uh, that is sweet family. They're precious. They're just like our family. Church-going people. And, and the grandmother, she wasn't driving. The grandfather was driving, but the grandmother's not woke up. She's had two surgeries. She was knocked out from the accident. And as of yesterday, when they talked to me, she had not woke up. But um, the little boy, uh, they have gone ahead. They were trying to wait about a funeral to see if she was going to make it. But they decided to have a funeral Wednesday for the little boy there in the Nashville area. And uh, they are just all devastated. It was, just, it was a shock. We were coming back from Jonathan's graduation Monday down 157. He graduated from college, you know, up there at Jackson. And we were coming down through there, and the phone rang, and it was Susan's sister. And they were as close as Megan and I ever thought about being. Mm -hmm. And they came, and Susan started crying, because her sister was crying on the phone, and Eddie and I knew something was happening there. And then we got the report, and I, it was it's just devastated all of us. And, I, and it's been good that God sent Arlene for a visit for me this week, because she's been a lot of strength.
think we've gone full circle. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're not promised tomorrow. We should rejoice in today. Amen. Anyone else? there's no time like the present. Why don't we just as a church family gather around the altar and that's our pastor who lead us and we'll just have prayer and then we'll dismiss our Sunday school classes. Okay? Right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for all that you've given and done. And Lord, we realize this morning, God, that there's so many things to pray about, God. And Lord, we know that you know all about them, dear Heavenly Father. You're that big of God, Lord, that you know all the needs and everything that's going on. And God, we pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you just look down upon us, dear God, and help us this morning, dear God. Be with those families, Lord. That's giving up loved ones from this waltz of life, dear God, that you'd comfort them and be with them and help them, Lord. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, for all them that are sick and afflicted, dear Lord. We pray that you just be with them and help them. Thank you, Lord, for being with Brother Bo and bringing him through his surgery, dear God. And we pray, Lord, that you just continue to help him, dear God, that uh, he continue to recover, God, and gain his functions back day to day. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray. God, I pray this morning, dear Heavenly Father, that you just uh, be with this service today, Lord. Be We thank you, Lord, for the work that the ones did over in Ukraine, dear God. And we thank you, Lord, for uh, blessing their efforts, dear God. And we pray that you continue to be with those people over there, God, and help them, Lord, and give them hope, dear Heavenly Father. And God, we pray, dear Lord, that to be thy will, God, that you'd stop this, uh, this war that's going on, dear Heavenly Father, by your big hand, dear God, that you'd take this dictator, Lord, and help him to see things, Lord, as you would have him to see it, dear Heavenly Father, I pray. God, I pray this morning, Lord, that you would lead, guide, and direct God in this service today. Dear Lord, I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you'd be with our Sunday school teachers, Lord. We pray that you'd be with those that lead the singing, God, those that play upon the instruments, Lord. We pray for those that might sing specials, dear Heavenly Father, those that testify, whatever God you'd have each one of us to do. God, help us, Lord, to moderate this service, Lord, in a way that be pleasing unto you, God, that you lead, guide, and direct, and give us wisdom and understanding, Lord. And to do that, God, you'd have us to do. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray. 
And God, if it falls a lot, Lord, for a message this morning, God, we pray that you just give us that, God, that we need, Lord. Help us, dear Heavenly Father, that we'd not add to or take away from your precious word, but we preach and teach that, God, to be pleasing in thy sight. Help us, Lord, to speak when it's time to speak. And help us, Lord, to be quiet when it's time to be quiet, Lord, I pray. Thank you for all you've given and done, dear Lord. We pray that you bless throughout the remainder of this service. If there's any here that don't know you and the free pardon of sin, God, we pray that you would uh, reach and draw them, Lord, that they might find you before it's everlasting too late. Of course, in our most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning again, everyone. <laughs> it's good to have our visitors with us this morning. I think we're in Chapter 7. And Genesis chapter 7. And in verse 6, it gave us uh, Noah's age, 600 years old. And Noah went into the ark in verse 7 a little bit before it started raining. He went in, in verse 7, chapter 7, Noah went in, his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the ark, of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean, and of fowls and of everything that creepeth upon the earth. There went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. So after 120 years or so of building the ark, I'd say it's time to get in. Now, I'm going to go out of limb here and say Noah was human, okay? Or I'll say Michael's definitely human. Even if I'd worked on that ark for 120 years, it would have sure felt my, helped my spirit to see the animals start pairing up around it, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have helped my faith, I have to say. Yeah. But I, I don't think Noah had to chase any down. I don't. Just had the little fellers, little bugs and everything else, just pick them up around the ark. Yeah, I don't think that was a problem. But uh, it would have definitely helped my faith. <clears throat> then down to verse 11, I think that's about where we left off. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, an exact time, the same day where all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open. And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. It rained that long, but they were in the ark a whole lot longer. Verse 13, I think we're getting to where we left off now, if I'm not mistaken. So in that selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. So I know we always say we've all descended from Adam, but I guess is it not safe to say we've all descended from Noah? I think so, yeah. But still in that in Seth's line, which is the line that Christ was promised in, yeah. Verse 14, They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creepeth thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. They went in unto Noah into the ark, 
two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And as I said before, I don't think the fish were affected. They don't breathe the breath of life through nostrils like we do. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, an important point here in verse 16, and the Lord shut him in. The Lord closed the door. And in my readings of Scripture, I never found where that door was opened again. I believe they went out through the roof. Yeah. And remember back when we started this, we talked a lot. And, and let, me, well, let me back up first. I think a couple of reasons for God shutting the door. Didn't want to put that on Noah. That it wasn't, it wasn't him that shut the door so that no one else could get in. That was God's business. Yeah, so I think partially for Noah, God shut the door. But remember way back when we started this talking about Noah, the verse that said, As in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. The eight souls and the animals were all put into safety and the door closed before destruction came. And I think that's a perfect parallel for the end of time. Amen. Yeah. The church, if you'll have it, the saved, will be placed in a place of safety, the rapture, before destruction comes. But I also think just as that door of the ark was never opened, when the church is raptured, opportunity's gone. I can't tell you exactly what happens after that on earth, but, but I feel confident in what I've studied and what I believe opportunity leaves with the church. Yeah. Never to be that door. Christ said he was the door. When that door closes, it will never be opened again. Yeah. I know, I know there's a belief that Christ will return to earth and some folks will come to him, but I just have trouble all through the scriptures faith is pushed and then he's going to jump right back to sight. That just doesn't seem logical. Yeah. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So why would he jump back to having sight? Uh, it just, that, doesn't, that train just doesn't, logically doesn't fit anyway. But they're in the ark. God has shut the door. Those eight souls and, and all the animals and bugs and birds and... You want to comment on that so far? Don't have a whole lot of time this morning, but I don't want to rush through it. Now, in my crazy mind, I, I had to think. I wonder what it sounded like in the heart. I wonder what it sounded like. A variety of sounds, no doubt. Yeah. Verse seventeen: In the flood, and the flood was forty days upon the earth. And the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lift above the earth. I don't see how any big boat floats, I'll be honest with you, let alone those big aircraft carriers. But that great big boat, I wonder too, the eight souls that were there, you know, they'd, I'm sure they'd heard it thunder and heard the rain hitting the roof, but when the first time that boat moved, I wonder how that felt. 
that they knew, wow, this is really happening. This, this sucker's floating. Yeah. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth. And the ark went upon the face of the waters. And I've thought about today, what was life like on the ark? I imagine it was pretty busy. They had a lot of animals to tend to. I, I, you know, God always requires something of man, and Noah had built the boat, but I think the animals still had to be fed every day. There was still work to be done. And in my mind, there's a lot of steps to go up and down in that boat. So, uh, but I think it was a, a, I don't know, I'm sure there were good days and bad days, but there just had to be a peace. I don't know, I just think there had to be a peace with those eight souls. That things are going to be all right. Yeah. Things are going to be all right. Even with an unbelievable storm like the earth had never seen going on around them. Yeah, they were all right. And I see the church in that so much. You know, this world has gone crazy. Of course, the world's always been crazy. But seemingly the world's gone really crazy. But their safety... There's comfort in the church, isn't there? Yeah. How in the world do people go to sleep at night without the peace that we have in a world that we live in? But I think these eight folks slept okay at night. The ark just rocked them to sleep. And the animals and the birds singing. Could have been. I may have used a poor choice of words there. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it was like a storm. I'm just thinking about like you know the faith of when the others were on the boat with the storm and yeah. them having faith that he was going to take care of them. That's you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That sort of thing. So I didn't know if it was just a calm. I don't think that I don't think well I don't think it was perfectly smooth just because it said the fountains of the deep were broken up yeah so I don't think it just eased alone of course it'd take a pretty good wave to make that boat move a whole lot yeah safety and 
and uh, Brother Mark mentioned about the art, and there was probably people wanting to get on there after it started floating that was trying to concede that that was the only safety. Heard preachers preach that possibly there was fingernail marks on the side of the ark as, as people were had swam as long as they could swim. You know, even a good swimmer can only, after a while, you'll wear out. You're going to sink. And um, it, it, it had to have been, it had to have been uh, just tragic to look around and see what was going on outside the ark. I don't know whether Noah them could see what was going on or not, but um, the last few that, that got to the highest point of ground and then the last mountain, the last peak began to be covered with water and um, there must have been bodies floating everywhere. It had, I don't know, maybe it was kind of somber inside the ark to start with, knowing the destruction. Yeah. Anyone else? Verse 19, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth and all the high hills. So there were hills at this time. I'd kind of wondered about that, but there were already hills and mountains. There were under the whole heaven were covered 15 cubits upward. And if I remember right, a cubit's about that long, elbow to the end of the hand, so 20, minimum 20 feet, we'll say that the highest mountain on earth was covered in water. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail and the mountains were covered. I've never been on a boat where you couldn't see land in any direction. Has anybody in here ever done that? What's that like? My ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw a little rooster sitting on the footsteps lots of the evenings. I sat in that diet ocean. I mean, I, that's in my mind, that rooster was on that footsteps. <laughs> yeah, but just, yeah. Mm. But like Brother Steve said, the best swimmer can only swim so long, and the strongest bird can only fly so long. So all flesh was destroyed. Yeah. And that's what it says in verse 21, And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast and of every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth and every man. And here it makes that distinction again. All in whose nostrils was the breath of life and all that was in the dry land died. So I think the fish survived, obviously, and I think the plant life survived. Because it doesn't breathe like we do with nostrils. It's photosynthesis, the leaves, yeah. And interesting, every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth and Noah only remained alive and they that were with him in the ark. That ark, the church, provided safety when destruction hit. And the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days. I think that's 150 days without seeing any land. 
Where are you going? Wherever God takes us. Where are you going to land? Wherever God tells us to, has us to land. Yeah. Now, the big question, did this really happen? Absolutely, it happened. It happened. Yeah. And as I said last Sunday, the earth has never been the same since. I don't think we had seasons before this. We'll get to that in the next chapter. Uh, I think our one landmass broke into different landmasses. Just second to creation, this was the biggest day for the earth itself in history. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Probably a good place to stop this morning. Anyone else a word or comment? All right. We'll stop here. And then we'll try to get them off the boat next Sunday. Okay. <laughs>